Hello there, welcome to the Joy of Podcasting. Today we're going to be putting something together for you. Hopefully we can all have some fun and laughter. So first of all, I'm just going to squeeze out a little bit of things we've played. And then we're, we'll just mix that in with a, a few skits there. And a few silly voices and... Ooh, what's that? It's a happy little thing we've listened to. Then we're just going to follow that up there with some things we've watched. And we'll just pop in the background a little swathe of queer trans ladies, and I think that looks pretty good. Yeah, I think we've created a nice little queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura K. Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and have a bit of a catch-up and do some silly voices and whatnot. How are you doing this week, Jane? Um, still feeling a bit... Nah. Yeah. I've got that almost a cold still lurking it's, around. It's been threatening going, I could, I could be a cold if I wanted. I will set you low at any moment, what, wench. What, what, if, <laughs> what, if I, what if I just became a cold? What about that? Well, you're not allowed. But, but what if? You, you're not allowed. <laughs> I don't have the sick time. Indeed. But you've, you've had a nice week, though. You've been, you've been yeah. away a little bit. I went away. I went, 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 up, to, uh, went up to that there, Yorkshire. Ooh, heck. Saw our Becky. Heck. Um, and, and I came back. And, and, and yeah, I've, I've been working some more on the game. People will probably be pleased to know. I've been working on game making, but for very different purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, by by the time you hear this, if you're listening the day it goes up, I will be on day three of trying to make a game in a game journalist and game devs swap places game jam. So I've been trying to go like, okay, um, how does Unity work? How to Unity. How to Unity. As I understand how to Unity is you buy a pre-made game off of the asset store <laughs> and then you just change the name of it. Pretty much. Do you reckon I can get away with that in this game jam? I don't think you should try and <laughs> try and get away with no. it, but I think you could potentially. Here's what I'll say: with no it's good pro- enough for Steve, with with none of us having any prior game dev experience properly in Unity, and having three days to do the thing and not having any art skills, I suspect there's going to be a lot of using pre-made assets. But like, assets. you know, we'll use them creatively, and not just go. Here is the demo level that I repackaged. Try and do something interesting with it. Oh, okay, butt game. Uh, well, we'll have to see assets. if that. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to see if that fits with whatever the mysterious theme I've not been told yet is. Butts, 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 butts. I I don't know how that's going to be relevant to Alzheimer's UK. Who are butts the? Butts are uh, always relevant. I, perhaps I don't know if Alzheimer's UK will see it that way. Remember this butt. If the theme is remember brackets some butts, then perhaps. <laughs> but it's it's a good charity. It's, yeah. I think we've both been affected by family members with Alzheimer's. Yeah, we've both experienced Goodbye. We it, have it in the family. Well, yeah, we both we both in in the family have um yes. people who have had memory issues. Yes. And deteriorating brain stuff. Mm. And it's really painful to, to watch someone <sighs> disappearing like that. Yep. So a, a good charity. Indeed. Um 
So yeah, should we start with things we've played this week, as we usually do? Yeah, what have you played? What, oh, what, what have I played? Yeah, tell um, us the thing you've played. Uh, I'm going to start with the thing I'm excited to talk about. Right. Um, I stumbled upon a game that I didn't know existed before I played it called Sayonara Wild Hearts. Is this the motorcycle? Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, so... I'd not heard a thing about this game, hadn't heard it existed, hadn't seen any trailers or anything. And I, I I was doing the thing I do every morning where I just see like, okay, what's popped up on the varying gaming sites? Like, what should I be keeping an eye on? And like, a couple of sites had posted reviews, and I didn't read the reviews, but they were like, 10 out of 10 fucking surprise hit of the year. And I was like, okay, let's look up a trailer. And it's a very fast paced, very stylish neon music rhythm game set to like femme vocal pop music Ooh. um the whole idea the way it's described by the developers is that they wanted it to be an interactive pop album mm-hmm. um and the general conceit like the the narrative is a little bit up open to interpretation but it's basically there's there's a bunch of goddesses up in the sky that are re- represented by the various arcana cards. You're sort of like the the fool, the tower, you whatnot. And they have had a bunch of heartbreak has occurred to them at the same time as a woman on Earth has had a big heartbreak. And she has chosen to be the heroine to go save these heartbroken goddesses. And on on that journey may or may not discover that she's a big old big old gay that just wants to smooch a bunch of space gays and you know hashtag relatable exactly and her heartbreak is basically fixed by realizing oh i want to smooch all these gays in space um and you do that by doing a bunch of like it it's all pres- uh, it's all non-stop moving levels so you're mm-hmm. sort of like uh, you might be skateboarding down a big hill or you might be riding a big deer that's sort of like racing forward at full speed. And it's generally moving left to right is your basic thing. You avoid uh, obstacles. You try and collect things that will get you bonus points. Um, sometimes you'll have extra stuff layered onto that. Like you might get given a sword and you press press a button to hit projectiles back where you might get a bow and arrow. So you've got to use your analog stick to like highlight things to shoot them down before they get you. Um, but it's all basically move left and right and maybe one button. Um, it's really forgiving, um, in the best kind of way. Um, the game has ludicrously frequent checkpoints. Um, and if you accidentally crash into something, you'll go back to basically like the, the last time that the beginning of a new bit of music started so that like, you might be two or three seconds back, Mm. try it again. Um, The only there's no punishment for like there's no number of lives there's no uh, deduction of points from your score for having crashed. It's ba- the only punishment is you're back about two seconds and it kind of broke up the flow of the song slightly because obviously the song song stopped, went back a couple of seconds and then started again. Hmm. Um, but other than that, it's very forgiving on just like hey you know just fucking go for it if you just want to experience this very flashy interactive music video, take the easy path. Do you want to try and get your high ranking? Try going for some of those things off the beaten path with, you know, like, stuff close to them that you might hit if you go for it. Um, the music is all really solid. Um, different genres every time you go to a different level, and there's a different sort of arcana woman that you're sort of chasing after. Does lots of really interesting stuff with the mechanics, like, considering it's basically directions on the analogue stick and maybe one button, 
it finds a lot of really good creative uses for that. Like, the thing that I keep coming back to is it's up there with Tetris effect and maybe, like, the sword hitting and the music happening at the same time in Wind Waker. It's up there in terms of really, really nice uses of gameplay, visuals, and audio just syncing up really nicely to reinforce each other. Mm. Um, if If you are a fan of stuff like Tetris effect where music and visuals happen and you can just get really engrossed into it. That, but with a queer femme story. And I'm like, this is my fucking game. <laughs> this is my fucking jam. Yeah. Um, it's not a particularly long game to just... If you just start on the first level, play each level through, as soon as you finish it, go to the next one. Maybe 60 to 90 minutes to get through, you know, to play through all of them back to back. Um... There's a lot of encouragement to go back in high score chase, and that's where I found a lot of the the joy in it, is rather than just listening to it, like, going through a level once and then moving on, is high score chasing got me to really slow down and soak in some of these tracks and the visuals and what they were doing, and mm. yeah, it's it works really well both as play it through for 60 to 90 minutes as an album, or... I just want to. I just want to enjoy this one track mm. and its associated thing, and really soak that in. Mm. Um, it's really beautiful, and I want more games like this to exist. Um, there's not enough stylish, flashy, queer music rhythm games that have this level of like just unbelievably good matching of music and gameplay and visuals and tone to really, like, to just tell a story without words half mm. the time. So, yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Ooh, I fucking love that game. I feel mm. like it's going to be a big Game of the Year contender for me this year. Game of the Year. Game of the Year. What about you? What have you played this week? Uh, not a lot. Uh, I, I I had a go at the, the, the SNES on the Switch. Yeah. Finally, what what have you been playing on SNES on the Switch? Mario World, because Mario World is the best. Oh, Mario World is great, right? I would probably have played some Zelda, but I have, within probably the last year, completed it about nine different times. Yeah, I, I was gonna say they they put Zelda on the Switch a little late for you. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, and and to be fair, like now that I know that that shuffle option exists, I yeah. will probably exclusively play that forever. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's it's fun. It's nice to have a bit of change to it, and the fact that you can customize it a little bit. Yeah, mm. but yeah, like Mario World, um, found the controls not super responsive with the Joy-Con. I might see about using your um. Oh, feel free to use one the, of your the GameCube or the the Pro controller. Yeah, oh. were you using the analog stick? Um, I started you... trying to use the analog stick, and I was just like, "This is not working." Yeah, so I yeah. switched to the the. Uh, Sort of a D pad, yeah, D pad, yeah. but I suppose it is on there. Um, well, this is like, is, yeah. isn't try, quite try right. the pro controller, it's got a proper D pad, yeah. and I think you might have a better time. I think so, um, but yeah, it's it's nice, but I don't know, there's something about Mario World that maybe looked a little bit better on a CRT screen when it was all a little bit fuzzy. Yeah, the, also, the built-in anti-aliasing that is yeah, yeah. <laughs> CRT screen. Oh no, I accidentally uh, picked oh. up my my drinks coaster. It got stuck to me glass. Oh no, that uh, is often the way with a coaster, though. Indeed, it is. Um, but did did you play anything else on that SNES? Not yet. Collection. 
because I got very into Mario World. That's fair. I love Mario World. How how deep into it are you? Um, I'm sort of coming to the end of Donut Plains. Ah. I've not played a huge amount, but very much enjoying it so far. Lovely. Um, although I just kind of wish that it was the GBA version. Because yeah, I liked that's... being able to track like which Yoshi coins I'd got. That added the whole extra thing to it. Yeah, it's... That's the thing about doing these games like console by console is you're sometimes missing the best version of the game. Yeah. Um, I think that's but totally... Other people might disagree with me, but I particularly I, liked the GBA I very much understand your perspective. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, how about you? You got any others? Yeah, I've got a couple of others. Um, I started playing Untitled Goose Game. So, for anyone unaware of this, um, it's a little indie game where you play as a goose, and you basically just terrorise the villages of a town. You have a to-do list of ways to terrorise them. How to be an arsehole. Yeah, it'll, you know, it'll be stuff like, um, get the farmer soaking wet, so you might want to, um, steal something from the, the, the carrot patch so he sort of heads over to the carrot patch and then turn on the sprinklers so he gets soaked with water. I think ultimately I was trying to steal a bunch of stuff from him so I could have a picnic by the mm-hmm. by the water. And any time he would like, you know, catch me and take the, the thing I'd stolen and go to bring it <laughs> Just back. Honk it. Uh I have there are two buttons you have to interact with the humans. There are honk and make your wings real big. So it's just like right, wings real big. Honk 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 just get very, very angry and up in up in the people's faces. Doot doot angry goose. I said doot doot angry goose. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just an asshole goose simulator. Yeah, or it's... metal goose solid, as I heard yeah, a lot of people calling it's, it. It's a lot of just like be sneaky, be an asshole, do your objectives, be a goose. Um, there, there was a kid that kept trying to kick me, so I, I, I shouted stole him. His glasses. I stole his glasses. I shouted him into a phone booth. Made, um, sold all this, made oh, yeah. him buy all his stuff. Back. I, I stole his toy plane and put it back in the shop, so we had to buy it again. Yeah. Um, I'm not super far into it. Like, it's it's not the kind of game I want to sit and play through the whole thing in one big sitting because a lot. It's it sort of built. It's sort of sectioned off into into zones. So, like, there is the farmer, there is the shop, and the kid. Um. And each of them, honestly, is a little bit samey in its structure, and maybe that'll change as I get further in, but so far most of them have been steal this list of objects, get this person into this location. Um, it, it's been a very similar structure so far, and I'm curious if that they, there is any variation, but it's meant that I've tended to do, like, I'm going to do one zone and then stop for a bit, and I'll come back to it later, I'll do another oh. zone. Um, I'm sl- I'm slowly honking away at it. And the vods for that is available on your Twitch and your YouTube. Eh? Yes, uh, Twitch and YouTube, Laura K Buzz. You can see the vod of me playing the first hour of Untitled Goose Game. Thank you for promoing me. I watched them on Saturday and enjoyed them. Heck. Um, what about you? Have you played anything else? I've been playing some more of that Deadly Premonition, which hasn't got any less wacky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, I feel like, like a lot happened in, I think, what was technically the first four days for, for me for chapter one. Yeah. Like, a lot went on there. Like, hmm. I had two instances of going to the, the other world, yeah. and I had people going on, I had a crime scene to investigate. My chapter two has started pretty much with, okay, well, you've got to go and do this thing in the morning, and then you've pretty much got to... St- nothing to do until nine o'clock at night. You could 
smoke some cigarettes, and, and, and kill some time that way. Or you could just go and see what do. Yeah. So I've just driven around doing side missions. F- finding body parts that are like totally nothing to do with the murder you're investigating. It's, well, as far as I'm aware. I mean, we know where the body is for that. So. Yeah. But I have got six pieces of a, a skeleton I don't know what to do with. <laughs> um, I can't find any more, so I don't know if I'm I'm just not finding the person I need to give them to. Maybe I should get... That's the point. Maybe we should go to the hospital and give them to the thing. Saying it out loud has helped once again. Yeah. I'll, it, I'll give them to the coroner, see what he do. Yeah, it's it's one of those games that it makes so little sense. Sometimes you have to just talk it through. Yeah. Um. I've, I've got a part-time job in the store, even though I'm an FBI agent pushing boxes Getting around. Getting like $600 a day for your job, but they're like... <laughs> Yeah, I want to push boxes around our stockroom in a puzzle kind of way. Uh, okay. Here's uh, <laughs> a discount card. Thanks. That, that game is so strange. It is. Um, I'm constantly baffled by the the, the use of music in that game. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm confused by how Gina's spit is magic and can fix your car. Because <laughs> initially I was like, well, I mean, like, I have, there's a shaving thing and there's a changing my clothes thing, so I guess cleaning the car is probably a part of that. I didn't notice initially that Gina going on the car and then wiping it with a sponge was fixing all the damage I'd done by yeah. driving down narrow country lanes. Uh, you've got your strange friend with her pot that's getting cold. Yeah, Sigourney, Raymond Sigourney. Sigourney. Who is basically, like, a slightly more, um, aggressive version of the log lady from Twin Peaks. Yeah, this is the pot lady. Yeah, um, there's, I, I've driven all the way around town having, I think I've refilled on, on fuel like three times in the, four times in the same day. Yeah. Uh, I was annoyed to find that coasting downhill uses up fuel. Yeah. Cause it was like, I was just like, yeah, you know, uh, I've got, I've got 40% fuel. That'll be enough to get way out of town and back again. Right. Ha! I I coasted into that petrol station with like three percent fuel left. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> um, I've collected a load of cards. Um, I've met some other characters, and I've got I've got to meet. I've still haven't met this person at nine o'clock because I've had so much to do. I've epically failed at driving round town at high speed to. <laughs> to do one of those challenges, although my driving's got better, it's improving. My job, my, I'm finding it much easier to drive now. I know how. You've adjusted to the bad driving. I have adjusted to the bad driving, but like, I'm writing. I wouldn't even call it a review, more like a thesis <laughs> about yeah, this game. It's, it's the kind of game that, like, it's best served not by trying to review it, but, but like. I'm just going to do, like, a diary, like, <laughs> chronicling my experience. Here are some thoughts, and here is what I think that means, and, and why it is the way it is. Half the time when I try and talk about that game, I feel like a 14-year-old in school trying to analyse, like, Frankenstein in an English class or something, <laughs> where it's like, the right. curtains were blue to symbolise depression. Yeah, and I really do feel like there is a lot of that, like... The music goes too loud because York doesn't give a fuck about the person he's having the conversation it, with. It's I don't know whether to read these things into the author's intent or whether I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm deliberately taking it too far and reading it all in as deliberate author's intent. I, I because think at have this point to. they've had three re-releases. Yeah, 
in my in my mind, the twisted logic says there is no way that that is not as intended well, at this see, point. You know what makes me think it's intended is you had the original game, mm-hmm. then there was the director's cut, yep. which changed a bunch of things that Swery didn't want changed, including making the music quieter in that uh, that discussion at the the big table what? near the start. That's the funniest scene in the game I know, so far. I know, right. Um, they changed the audio levels on that. So Swery's actually said, no, um, bad, for, naughty. I've not seen the interview, but I've been told that apparently he was like, these. this was not the changes. I, I did not want these changes made to the game. See, it says director's cut, but the director did not want it. See, there it is. Um, there well, is proof. And also, like I'm, I like I've I've heard things about this. Like there's and there was an ending in the director's cut where yeah. you saw Zach. Yeah, like, that feels unnecessary. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, the fact that they didn't bring the director's cut to Switch and they brought the original game to me says the original game is the authorial intent. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't bring the version that exists out there where the audio is better balanced. It's like no. No, you're having the version where you can't hear the fucking conversation. It's important. Yeah, and and where like important collectibles are already on the map, so you don't really have to worry about them too much. Yeah. Although sometimes you will wonder exactly what condition the world has to be in to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really curious game that I just can't seem to stop <laughs> playing when I've got free time. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you're having such a time with it. I am certainly having a time with it. I didn't want to say a good time, but or, or a bad time. Just you're having a time with it. I'm having that good bad time with it. <laughs> you're having that fascinating time with it. Yeah, and I think that's that. That's more than one could want from most games. Like yeah. the fact that I've I've still got so much to say about it in week two of this podcast. Yeah, I. <laughs> Here's the thing, I don't doubt you're going to talk about it for a third week running, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I'm here for it. Well, I'm only like eight, nine hours into the game, so yeah. I've not had a huge amount of free time to play it, but when I have, I've just been like, hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, and I'm still obviously braced for, for the ending, but yeah, well, you'll yeah, get there. We'll get there. For now, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I am having a time. You're having a time. I'm having a time that keeping me going back. And isn't that ultimately what someone what you want? If from you keep being drawn back to it, it can't have done too badly. I think about it when I'm not playing. Yeah, it. That's, I think that's like oh, I wonder the thing to do. Okay, uh, it's 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 the best one out of ten I've ever played, or the worst <laughs> ten out of ten I've ever played. It's. <laughs> It exists in a quantum state where it's both dead and alive. <laughs> it's both a 0 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10. Yep. <laughs> so what about you? Played anything else? Uh, so I've started playing through Link's Awakening on Switch. Um, How is it? So here's here's what I'll say. Um, Link's Awakening, I, re- I, I didn't play it a huge number of times. It's probably the Zelda game I know the least well. Mm. So for me... I'm getting flashes of memory about it, but it might as well largely be a new, a, a completely new game in terms of remembering what to do or how to progress. So, like, it's it's nice to have a remaster or re-release of a franchise that I love that feels that feels new and that I don't just know at the back of my hand. Oh. That's nice. Um, it's an incredibly faithful recreation. Um, there are certain quality of life changes that have definitely been made. More buttons. Um, more buttons. So you can have your shield and your sword 
and still have other items. Um, yeah, it's it's shit like that that's just really useful. Um, you can move in eight directions rather than just four. Um, you can jump in diagonals rather than on the square grid, which can really help in some places. But it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous little game. Oh, it's so pretty. Um, it's a little convoluted sometimes, like in terms of what you've got to do. Um, it. It is definitely a Zelda game that does not hold your hand in any way. Um, no. So you know how like Breath of the Wild was like, here's a big open area, just fucking go work it out. Yeah, and, but, and the original. Yeah, the well. but there weren't huge numbers of things to stop you just wandering in directions. Mm-hmm. This is a little more gated, a little more linear, but it has that same degree of you need to self-teach yourself when a puzzle just isn't being solved and maybe this isn't the right time and I need mm-hmm. to go back and go somewhere else and come for this later. Yeah. Like, you can get to dungeons before you have the ability to progress more than a room into them. Yeah. Um, and and as well as that, with uh, Link's Awakening, like, there are things that are just there. Yeah. In dungeons, like, you can, you're going to have to come back later. You can do the rest of this dungeon. You can beat the boss. But if you want to 100% this dungeon, you're going to yeah, need to come back later. It's, it's, it's the most Metroidvania of the l- linear Zelda games, I would say. Like, it has the most requiring you to backtrack and remember things and sort of double back on yourself. Yeah, um, it's, the, it's the kind of game where you do need to sit there with a pen and paper and make notes yeah. of yourself and be like, hey, I'm going to have to go back here. Yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful little port. Mm. Um, it it feels a bit aged. Like, you can, as as beautiful as it is, and the number of quality of life things they've done, you can tell this is from that sort of Capcom era, top-down, Game Boy Zelda era. It it has some little quirks in places and some some pacing stuff that can feel a little, a little funky here and there. Mm. Like, you can tell that there are modern conveniences they learnt in later Zelda games that just are not present here. Mm. But... It's a gorgeous little game, and if you are looking for a just a nice top-down linear Zelda game that's fucking gorgeous to look at and has been polished up real nice, this is the best way to experience Link's Awakening. Undoubtedly, it's it's a nice little port. I've seen a lot of people asking or or saying that they don't feel that it should have been released for full price. What yeah, is your thought on that? I I've I've seen that thought going around definitely. Um. I am of the opinion that I I think a lot of people who are saying that are people who know Link's Awakening inside out. Yeah. Um. A, and that obviously this isn't everyone, and I'm generalizing a little mm-hmm. bit. But a lot of people who are saying I don't think this should be a full price release are people who've already who know this game inside out. And mm-hmm. if you do, you can probably plow through it in an evening. Like if you know exactly where to go, exactly when, don't have to do any of the exploring. You've got it memorized. It's a real short game that, yeah, I can understand why you'd feel like it's not necessarily worth that full price. Mm. For someone like me that doesn't remember that game well enough to speed through it and is having to take the time to explore and to to do what I think this game was always intended to, which is really spend time soaking in this small but intricate little space, mm. I think it's totally worth it for if you've never played this game or if you don't fucking remember what to do. There's definitely enough in here to justify it. Um... But like I, I understand that criticism. Yeah. Um, it it doesn't feel like a budget release. Mm. It, 
Yeah. Have you had a chance to try any of the Dungeon Maker stuff yet? Uh, I found the Dungeon Maker section. I've not really unlocked enough dungeon pieces to make it worth messing around with yet, mm-hmm. so I'm going to come back to that probably for next week. Um, here's, here's the honest thought. I started playing that game... And then I put it down and went back to Sayonara and Wild Hearts. I'm like, I fucking love the Zelda games. My favourite fucking series of games. But Sayonara Wild Hearts is beating out Link's Awakening right now. I think Link's Awakening, like the Capcom Zelda games, has that problem for me where I was like, it's a Zelda game. I really want to play this. I'm going to get really into it. And I'll sit down and I'll play maybe two or three sessions and then I'll just forget it exists, which is really shit. Yeah, but like, it's not because the game is... No. So, you you know what I think that is for me? Part of the issue for me with Link's Awakening is, and again, this was the same with the Capcom ones, I will hit roadblocks where the solution... The signpost, there isn't clear signposting to what the solution is, and I'll wander around a while and I won't stumble upon the right bit of backtracking to jog my mind to go, oh yeah, that this is what to do. Mm. And I'll jump in and out once or twice on the same puzzle and be like, I can't fucking work it out. And then I'll just forget to come back to it. Like, I, some of those walls in progression will, will hamper my momentum enough that mm. I forget to come back. Yeah. Um... And that's, you know, as much a criticism on me as it is the game that, like, I hit these walls and go, oh, I can't fucking work it out, and I just forget to come back to it. But I've started Link's Awakening, like, seven or eight times. I don't think yeah. I've ever got further than about the third or fourth dungeon. Yeah. You know what might be really nice is if we just, if I, if I stop my playthrough and wait until we've got a free weekend, if we play it through together, and if we get stuck, we'll look up a walkthrough. We'll just, if we get stuck and we're like, eh, maybe we'll put it down for today, we'll be like, it's fine, we'll just look at what the next thing is. Yeah. And we'll just we'll we'll make it a journey together, perhaps, Yay. and together we might have it in us. Heck, because so, it'd be it'd be really nice to finish that game yes. together. I I want to wake up the land fish. Yeah, should we make that our next Zelda game we play together, handing the controller Yay. on and off? Okay, that let let's do that with one of our free October weekends, maybe. Well, if I, if I get a code, we could both play it together. Indeed, <laughs> at the same time. I have I have requested. <laughs> we'll see if we get that second code. Seconds. Um. Yeah. Have you played anything else that this is week? All the things I played. Uh. Let me double check. I feel like I played one other thing, but I'm pulling up the chat because my my app has decided to, to, to be like no nah, no nah, I'm cl- I'm closing the app. I'm not saying anything. Um. Man of Medan. I oh, went yeah. back and replayed that. Um. I saw... This is like my fourth or fifth playthrough of that game. I saw a completely new scene I have never seen before. Oh. Um, that was a good 15-20 minute long scene. Um, where two characters were trying to get a ladder. And then one of them is trapped and in a room where water is rising. And I had serious Not Penny's Boats uh, flashbacks. <laughs> um, and we had to make a split second decision between destroy this thing or destroy that thing to try and get out. And we made the wrong choice and the character died. Oh, um, no. Totally different set of characters got out alive at the end this time. Oh, heck. Um, I am consistently surprised by the things I'm seeing that I hadn't seen previously. Mm. Um, I, I'm getting a better understanding of how certain scenes are or are not triggered. And that's really interesting. Mm. Starting to get a better idea of the, the spider's web. But yeah, I continue to really enjoy that, and it's yeah. it's a short enough game to play through. Like ah, friends around, we'll f- play and finish a co-op game together, mm-hmm. and that's really nice. Yeah. Oh, I did play one other thing before we move on quickly. Um, I played that KFC dating sim. 
I love what? Colonel Sanders. Do you love Colonel Sanders? No. <laughs> no. I love a good dating sim, and, like, here's, here's the thing. This KFC dating sim, it's an official thing made by KFC, and it fucking does not understand what makes uh, quirky dating sims interesting, so... You know how there are dating sims, like, um, coming out on top where you can end up dating a fish, or, um... Uh, Hatterful Boyfriend, the pigeon dating sim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are weird dating sims like this that exist. And I think the lesson that the KFC dating sim has learned from those is, haha, wacky premise means it's funny. Um, So it throws in a bunch of stuff that is silly for silly's sake, like, oh, your dog at culinary school is a teacher. Ooh, semester's only three days long. Oh, isn't that wacky? Um, Without understanding what makes those weird dating sims work, which is that for something like Hatterful Boyfriend, the, the pigeon dating sim, yeah, it's a weird premise, but it really commits to it. It gives you a lot of choices and it goes, hey, we're just going to take it for granted that, that, that you're going to date a pigeon. With that in mind, let's put some real heart into it. Let's put some thought. Let's Let's put something with feeling into this wacky premise. That's what the KFC dating sim is is missing. Um, you do not have options of who to date. You are going to date Colonel Sanders. Um, the second he shows up, he is the only character that you describe as handsome. He is the attractive character. Um, and basically, to woo Colonel Sanders, all you do is say the uh, the, the answers to questions that are complementary towards chicken. Um, if you say the answer that makes it sound like you like fried chicken, he will like you. And then eventually you make a weird fried chicken d- dinner together, and it's just it has no heart to it. It is cl- it. It was clearly not made by people who actually play and enjoy dating sims. It's someone went weird dating sims are fun. We could make one of those to sell chicken, and the whole thing is it. It doesn't want you. It tells you you're trying to romance Colonel Sanders, but it wants you to love chicken. It wants you to love fried chicken, and it's not good. It is tacky corporate advertising that does not understand the thing it's trying to be a parody of, or to be itself. Yikes. Yeah, so that's not good. Anyway, time for this. Okay, come in, come in. My time is short. I've not got a huge amount of time. You uh, you had a pitch for me. Yeah, so I uh, wanted to tell you a, a story uh, about this uh, alien that comes to Earth. Yeah. And uh, they're they're concerned about how the democracy on Earth is being destroyed by just bad people, like bad, bad yeah, people yeah, yeah. generally, and how, like, democracy is being stolen all across the world, and, yeah. and how, like, democratic governments that claim to, or people that claim to be a democratic government, they're secretly just, like, faking stuff behind the scenes. But then the alien comes oh, along. Oh, 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 oh. stop right there. Okay. Were you about to tell me how the how the film keeps going and the the ending of the the film? Well, yeah, it's a pitch, right? Don't want to know it. Spoilers. Don't want to. Don't want to know. Want to be want to be surprised. I'm accepting that pitch on what I've heard right there. Don't need to know how it ends. Oh, oh. Got any more pitches for me? Okay, so this AI, right? And it's uh, on a space station, and these people have been sent to the oh, space. Oh. No, 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 no! You're getting too far into the plot. I, it, it's a space station, and uh, that, yeah, yeah, it's greenlit. Oh, oh, okay. No spoilers. Go. Some people inherit a large amount of money from a relative, but it comes. With oh no, a- no, I don't need to know what the twist is. Don't tell me the twist already. Oh, oh, okay. uh, that one's denied. Don't like that one. Oh, okay. Uh, how about this? It's medieval times, but then just as this uh, like uh, jousting match is ongoing, oh, this thing. I've just realized. 
Big problem. If I accept this or I deny it, then I know how this pitch meeting ends, and that's a spoiler I don't want to know. Out you get. Okay. I don't want spoilers for this pitch meeting. Do you enjoy taking selfies on a night out? Yeah. Do you find that sometimes you have a little bit of sorcerer eyes and a bit of a gurn on? Yeah, I can't really show this to mum. Try the new Rave Face photo filter. How does it work? Well, our patented algorithm will do its best to find your pupils and shrink them down to a regular size, using what's left of your natural eye colour to fill in the rest of the iris. Then, it'll take your gurning face and replace it with a stock image of a smile. That sounds amazing. Exactly. Now you can show all of your night out photos to your parents and pretend it was a very, very casual night out. Thanks, Rayface Photo Filter. For when you just can't stop chewing your lips off. So. <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, I have put a few things in my eyes this week. Yeah. Um, I went and saw the uh, It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who is unaware of this, uh, it is based on a it's a book by Stephen King. Um, there is a current movie adaptation. The first half that came out a few years ago was basically here are some kids in a town. This evil clown is giving them fucking nightmares and kidnapping kids, and they want to try and stop it. Um, it's a curse that repeats every twenty seven years, and they're like, hey, we think we stopped it, but like, if it does come back, we got a promise that we're gonna fucking come back and deal with it. So it chapter two is. 27 years later, most of these kids have moved away from the town, and seemingly the further away you get from the town, the less you can remember what happened. Uh, And the one kid that stayed back in town starts noticing kids are fucking going missing and getting killed again. Uh, And there's red balloons appearing around it, and he's like, yeah, the fucking clown's back. So, now they're all adults, get dragged back to this town to go, hey... Let's fucking Only finish. we can sort this shit out. Let's finish what we started. We we survived last time and we almost killed this thing. Let's fucking do it. Um, it's ostensibly a horror film and there are some, like, creepy and unsettling, um, like, there are some scenes to watch that you're like, ooh, 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 um, but, but largely it's a film about old friends coming back together and putting the greater good above their own needs to save a bunch of people rather than running away from their problems and, you know, them becoming better as friends and being all very sweet and supporting each other. It's a horror film, but it's largely a story about these friends being lovely and it's quite nice. Like, I, I, I'm usually a big scaredy cat with horror. I can manage this because it's all right. We'll defeat it through the power of friendship, probably, hopefully. Friendship is the best power. Yeah. Um... It's it's a lengthy film. It's in the sort of like two and a half hour range, um, and it spends a lot of time flashing back to the kid actors to sort of flesh out some of what happened between the two films. And I feel like it probably could have trimmed some time off of its runtime. It maybe didn't need the full length it had, but it was an enjoyable film and a good uh, closing of that story. Mm. It cut out a lot of the more creepy and criticised scenes from the book, which is good. Um, if you're going to watch it, be be prepared for um, some scenes of discrimination, I'll put it. Um, the, Rampant homophobia. Yeah, the, 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 I'm just going to say the film opens with a very brutally shown uh, gay beating and then a murder occurring. And, you know, 
it, it kind of sets something up later in the film, but also feels a little gratuitous and unnecessary. And, you know, mm. it's it's not enough that it, you know, put the, put the film off for me, but, like, it's quite a heavy start. Um, but, yeah, that's It Chapter 2. I'm glad I went and saw it. It was it was well acted. I liked all of the casting of the adults to play the kids from the first one. They were they were well done actors. What about you? What have you put in your eyes this week? I've not actually had a chance to watch a huge amount this week. Um, mostly, I would say it has been. I I watched you doing uh, Link Link's Awakening. Oh yes. Um, you, you mean Claw Claw game the game. <laughs> Oh, oh, get them toys! Untitled Goose Game. Oh, I watched Goose Game. And yeah, and I watched your Untitled Goose Game footage. Hey, I had a really here to watch you play it live. I had a really nice day of just doing a bunch of streams of games I hadn't played. I saw it was it was very nice to be able to sort of go, huh? Yeah, have some time. I will sit and do a watch of that. Yeah, Uh, I watched a couple of other things. Mm -hmm. So season two of Disenchantment came out. Oh yeah, and I've not finished, but I'm I'm about eight and a half episodes in out of ten episodes. I remember piss off in the first series, apart from a guy that was. Stabbed a lot. So did I. So thankfully, um, there's a really good recap before season two starts. Basically, um, it, it's made by the guy that makes The Simpsons, but it's more of a like episodes actually, you know, progress and lead on to things rather than a just closed story episode yeah. ends, you know, that kind of show. Matt Groening. Uh, yeah, Matt Groening. Um, about a princess who is the big old, you know, druggy, drunk, um, kind of not really doing anything with her life. She's not a Disney princess. She's not a Disney princess at all. Um, and her friends, um, Elfo, the elf, who doesn't want to be as happy and smiley as all the other happy, smiley elves, and, um, Lucy, who is a literal demon, um, going on a bit of a quest that involves trying to bring, uh, her mother, uh, Bean's mother back to life. Um, and turns out, probably shouldn't have done that, she's a bit evil, um, she ends up the season, season one, turning everyone to stone, um, for evil nefarious purposes, and, um, Elfo in the first season seemingly dies, and she has the opportunity to bring either Elfo or her mother back to life, and she picks her mother, um, and that has some consequences, Season two is basically in the aftermath of she doesn't realise her mum's evil and she's been taken away. Where go from here? Um, I don't want to talk too much about season two's plot. It has some really interesting little bits of progression about uh, some topics like moving on from moving on from people. Um, they have some really nice little bits of inclusion and inclusivity that I didn't expect to pop up. Like... There is a point where some characters are talking with God, who talks about um, coming up with they as a singular a singular pronoun, and it's sucking that humans don't bother using it properly. Um, okay, because wasn't there some questionable trans stuff in the first season? I believe I believe so, and it's it feels like they've made a real effort to go like, nope, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna improve this time round. Okay. Yeah, God makes a point about hey, I came up with they as a singular pronoun. Why are you all having such a tough time with using it properly? Um, which is like, okay, okay. Um, I've been very much enjoying... Uh, there's a there's a really nice episode about what it's like being a writer, which, ah, surprise, surprise, I enjoyed. Um, and some good sort of feminist content in there. It's just been a fun, like, harmless-feeling animated sitcom-y thing to watch. Like, it's a bit rude, but it's never rude at the expense of people. 
um right. which has been really pleasant i'm i'm enjoying i'm enjoying season 2 um if if you're going to watch season 2 uh there is a character called Jerry who i love him and i just want everything to be good and okay for him <laughs> uh Jerry um so yeah, I'm, I've got like an episode and a half left of that, so, you know, it could turn out to be a bigoted piece of shit for its last 30 minutes. Who knows? But I'm enjoying it so far. Yay. Anything else? Uh, let me pull up the list. Uh, the only other thing I've been watching, really, is I've been watching so much fucking Penn and Teller Fool Us, uh, which we've talked about before. It's that magic show where magicians try and fool two very established, talented magicians. Mm-hmm. Um... I've been politics is awful, but it, the, yeah, the show yeah. is is not really about them so much as it is. Let's watch people do good magic. It's let's watch people do good magic and then see if they can can figure out how it was done. Um, and I've been watching enough of it now that I'm starting to understand some of the keywords that Penn and Teller use when cryptically talking about the about the tricks. Mm-hmm. And that's Enforcing. been. Yeah, there's there's a lot of references to it will be like, uh, oh yeah, that phone book you ripped in half. It you know it's from Vegas, so it wouldn't have had uh, Luke Skywalker's uh, num- uh, phone number in it because the the Force. Mm-hmm. It's ah, uh, it's a Force. Um, it's shit, shit like that that I've that started to pick up on little bits here and there. As someone that's fascinated in how tricks are done, like even if I know how a trick's done and I can see how it's done, still fucking fascinates me. Yeah, I've been really enjoying watching that. There's there's a great trick, and I wish I could remember uh, the name of it, but um, about someone that was controlling a uh, balloon in thin in midair and having it mm-hmm. sort of just like levitate on the spot and stuff. Um, oh yeah, and you're not sure if it's helium or not. Yes. So, um, someone pointed out in the comments for that how like if you skip to this time frame, you can see how it's done. I was like, aha! I see how it's done fucking masterful delivery that I didn't notice it the first time. I think the the thing they talk about at the end of that was you spent most of the, the, the trick actually doing, doing the, the opposite, opposite yeah. of, of what you made it look like it, you were it, doing. It looked like you were levitating it up, but you were really keeping it down, I yeah, think. Yeah, so it, it's very much like um, when you were having that conversation with the contact juggler, and they yes. were like, it's basically about... Making the things around it look very different to what you're actually doing. Yeah, it's it was it's pretty fascinating. Ooh. So I've fallen down the rabbit hole of just. I think why this show has grabbed me more than other magic shows is Penn and Teller's responses are just cryptic enough that they're not giving away the trick to me, but they're giving me just enough to go, "Ooh, can I work it out? Can I? Can I? Can I understand this?" And it's, it's leaving my brain ticking away and thinking after after the tricks nicely. So, I think that's everything I've watched. Really, yeah, yeah. the only thing I, I've watched other than that is really um, a friend of mine who does uh, like lots and lots of object manipulation stuff. Yeah, like fire poi, fire palms, um, hoops. Yeah, um, lots of things like that. Um, ball whip demonstrations. <laughs> um, she put up a video the other day doing um, rope dart, and I was like, mm, that looks fun. <laughs> Um, so she sent me like a butt ton of tutorial videos, and I'm going to see about this is payday tomorrow. I'm going to see about uh, maybe getting some paracord and making myself a bit of a weight for that, and, and doing doing some some rope dart at some point. Ooh. That'll be fun, I think. <laughs> something to do. Something else to needle look myself out with. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, yeah, um, I'm excited to give that a try. What else? Anything else? That's everything for me. Well then, it's time for this. Laura, oh. ah. we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor is Agave. Agave? You know, said it means no me, I go blame. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Tell uh, me about Agave. What? What is that? Agave is a plug-on, a plug-on, a plug-in for your browser. Oh. So, do you, do you want to save, like, money? Do you buy things online? Yeah. Okay, well, imagine that you were buying a toaster. Yeah. And imagine you got to the checkout and you saw the box and it was like, promo code, and you were like, I don't have one, but I wonder if I could find one. Yeah, you do the thing where you Google search. You Google search, and then you do the thing, and you put the code in, and it doesn't work. And then yeah. you go to another site, and you do that, and it still doesn't work. And then yeah. you do it again and again, and eventually you just give up. Yeah. What if there was a thing that could do all of that for you while probably not harvesting all of your data? Probably not all of it. Probably not all of it. Oh, well then that sounds really convenient and probably not bad for me. Yeah, I mean, like, they promise absolutely that they won't sell any of your data. They promise. And they've even got their friend Dodgy Denise to attest that they don't have their fingers crossed behind their back, which I think is probably the best you could ask of anyone online at the moment. Yeah, so, like... How how do I get this plugin that's definitely not going to steal my data? Well, you head on over to the App Store, yeah, the the App Marketplace, and you, you look for Agave. That's A G A R V E, and then you click the thing, and it'll install it, and then it'll just sit there just, menacingly, just watching, just watching all of the things that you do as you cruise around. You cruise around the internet, and it'll have access to all the things. It might even ask for permission for some things off your computer. Probably don't worry about that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably fine. Probably. I mean, they've said it's fine. So I mean, maybe. Maybe it's fine. You know, maybe you trust them. And then, like, you get 5% of a toaster, maybe. There's no guarantee that there will still be good code, but they will check, like, a lot of codes for you. Or at least there's a progress bar, so they might be checking a lot of codes for you. (laughs) It's probably doing something or other. Anyway, I hear some people who are friends with Agave have saved money on on the thing. So there you go. That's Agave. Just head over to get that. And, uh, yeah, that's Agave. You can get that. Probably. You can get it. Yeah. It probably exists. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi. How's uh how's how's all of the uh the, the uh business been going this week? I mean we've done an awful lot of business. Business, business, business. Business, business, business. business. I mean, you know, we've had that whole thing we've been stringing people along for like nearly a decade now about remaking that beloved game oh yeah 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 so the one that you know remember when people used to really love our stuff we made, yeah we made that game the one that we've had up our sleeve for like if they stop liking us we'll remake that thing that they liked yeah and, you know we'll, yeah. we'll get a few more years of loyalty yeah and like a bunch of times we've said well, if you don't support this piece of shit, you, we will never get round ha! to making that, they, that they, thing. That you they love. bought so many pieces of they shit. They bought so many. And the many trick pieces is, the more pieces of shit they bought, the longer we could wait and not release this. Exactly. I mean, we just oh, we just tease them along, just like not enough to throw them off entirely, not enough to bring it too close to them. Always just out of reach, yeah. though, and so so I've got I've got a brand new idea, right? Yeah. So people who really follow our work, they know that we're you know we're spitting that beloved game into multiple parts. Yeah. But like I've been talking to the uh, the box art design team this week, and like I think I have a brilliant idea. Sure. On the cover, we put 
beloved game you love remake yeah and nothing else yeah we don't put part one we don't put remake of beloved game you love the town that it's set in we we just don't give any indication that it's an incomplete game on the front of the box so what we split it up into bits that we're just gonna sell episodally yeah well no well not even episodically because that suggests that like you know we'll charge them for part of the game at a time we're splitting this into multiple full-size games we're I making mean, this one game into multiple games and its sequels but we're gonna put the box art so it just sounds like the whole thing's in there. That sounds confusing, but like a, a way of getting money, and I yeah, like money. Yeah, no, so like, instead of saying, here's Big Game Remake, it's, here's Big Game Remake, and it's sequel, and it's sequel, sequel. Okay. that sounds like three games, as opposed to, we chopped up your one game. Yeah, and I guess each of them is gonna have their own DLC and... Oh, yeah, and yeah, 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 of course Pre-order bonuses. Well, that's it. Three times the pre-order bonuses, three times the fun. You. You. Are a fucking genius. I know. So... <gasps> what? What's gone in your ears? The only thing that's really gone in my ears this week has been that very lengthy The Adventure Zone Amnesty uh, finale. It was very good. Yeah, good two and a half hour summation of uh, of, of that particular D&D campaign. I think that um, many of the characters had very satisfying conclusions for where their stories ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the antagonist... Felt a little rushed in, perhaps, but I liked their motivation and, you know, they were very familiar to some other things that I'd seen, but that didn't make them any less enjoyable. They were they were a good version of that antagonist archetype that thinks it's the hero. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was, it was a very dramatic, well-paced two and a half hours. It did fly by. You have any thoughts on that? It was good. <laughs> yeah, I did good. Um, I didn't feel that it was as emotional as the end of Balance. Yeah. Um, I think part of that, as I said, like the fact that I listened to it episode episodely. Yeah. Uh, a week by week. So I think by that, I I was struggling some some with the uh like following up on it. Yeah. Also, just the fact that I re- kept realizing I'd missed episodes. Oh, like um, when we listened to the one, I think the week uh, last week, or yeah, whatever the, whatever the last one was before this, um, and you were like, "Oh yeah," because they've got this thing, and I was like, "Hey, they do." Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, I realised it missed a week, so I didn't know about oh. them getting explosives. Yes. So I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> My apologies. It wasn't um, your fault. Um, well, but- I. I, I now want to go through and listen to the whole thing yeah. and go. Um, also, the fact that I was trying to sit there coding at the time, I, I don't feel like I gave it entirely the that's, amount of focus I should have done. That's fair. Like, I, yeah, I, was, I, I deliberately picked uh, Pokemon to level up in because I was like, that's nice and mindless. I can do that while I listen. At the moment, I don't really have time to only be doing one thing at a time. That's fair. <laughs> Um, well, I wasn't doing only one thing at a time. My thing was productive. It was for a stream. It, it was just a nice brainless thing. Um, but yeah, I'm somewhat similarly in the camp of I want to go back and listen to Amnesty start to finish, like binge it now, mm. now that I can. Which it helps that it's a much shorter 
series as well. Yes. Now that I know like where it starts, where it ends, and I'll hopefully be able to pick up on foreshadowing as it goes on, mm-hmm. like that'll be really interesting. Yeah. Have you listened to anything this week? Um, well, I I realised that I'd also been way behind on Dice Funk. Yeah? I was like four weeks behind on Dice Funk. Gosh. I don't know how this happens. <laughs> I keep going, I'll get around to that, and then I just haven't had time. I don't know what's going on at the moment. I seem to have no time and not a lot to show for it. Oh, no. I don't know why. Um, But there's a lot going on. But yeah, um, I'm loving what you're doing with the Dice Funks. I'm loving your little hell adventure <laughs> and and just the character interactions and like the level of power all of you have this season. Oh, it's been really nice starting. What did we start at? Like level, level nine. nine. Yeah. Um, I think at this recording, the, the the episode that will go up the same day as this, I think we just leveled up to level eleven. Wow. So I like I got a level six uh, spell slot. Wow. That's a fucking like they they only go up to what like to nine. I don't know. Nine, I've never ten. played to that level. I want, I want, I want to find out. It'll say on my character sheet in a sec. But um, I don't think I've ever played D and D above level three or four. Yeah, it's fun getting to play with like the, the the top level shit. Yeah, yeah. Spells go up to level nine, so there's only three levels of spell I can't use. So like, I, 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 I picked up for level six mass suggestion. Is that good? Uh you can basically, I think it's like up to 12 people that as long as you can phrase it in a way that sounds believable, you can mentally put an idea in their head and they will follow it. Oh, heck. Um, so it is, as it's not a command, but like equally they won't realise they've been tricked. You'll just put the idea in their head and they'll go, oh, I guess. You look tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you can find a convincing way to argue it, they'll they'll follow the suggestion. Mm-hmm. So that's that's gonna be fun. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, if you listen to anything else, we've listened to something else. What? We listened to that really nice Father <gasps> Funk mix. Oh yeah, that was a good mix. Um, so up on uh, SoundCloud, Father Funk on the Father Funk channel has done the uh, Shambhala Fractal Forest mix 2019. Oh. Um, and it's their um set from Shambhala in the Fractal Forest stage. It's... Uh, it's an hour-long mix of funk, drum and bass. It's and... got some really nice rock bits in it. Yeah. Good show. Like, there was um, Last Resort oh, in there at one yeah. point. Yeah. There's a bit of Eminem dropped in there. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's an eclectic mix. I, I think, I, again, it's another case of uh, a producer that really likes music as a whole, rather yeah. than a really like a genre. Yes. I... Lay down with a good pair of noise cancelling headphones in the dark and just listen to it. And it was fucking good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Because we first encountered um, uh, Father Funk at um, one of those nights that we go to on the regular. Yes. We were in the drum and bass room, which is not a room we usually spend a lot of time because it's usually super busy. Yeah. And they played the um, Shake a Tail Feather (gasps) drum and bass mix. And the whole room went. Freaking nuts. And it was brilliant. It's it's great use of tracks that everyone knows in a sort of genre mashup that they may not have expected. Yeah. And and lively and fun. Oh, it's so good. I also like Father Funk's version of Gay Bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean I like Gay Bar anyway, but <laughs> You Ooh. 
Any others? No, that's it for me. <laughs> well then, it's time for this. Hi there, are you tired of small portions that don't satisfy? Uh, I I eat a whole plate of food and I'm just still hungry. I just want more food. Do you hate when you go into a restaurant and you're like, I want the dumplings, and then they'll give you like six pissy little dumplings and you'll be like, yeah, but I could like eat totally like a whole plate of those. I'm pretty sure I could eat a whole plate of them. How would you like like a pasty the size of your head? That sounds amazing. Or a gyoza the size of your head. That sounds amazing. Or a pizza that you could like eat the middle out of and wears a poncho. That sounds fantastic and like a reasonable amount of food I would eat. How about a mozzarella stick the length and width of your leg? Finally, my legs won't be hollow anymore. Or a Pop-Tart that that you could use as a raft for a family of four. Fantastic, when I have to escape after my meal. Don't worry, Leo, there is room on the side of this Pop-Tart. Come on down to bigger than your belly and you'll realize that you aren't as hungry as you thought you were. Oh, I'm three slices into that pizza and I'm regretting my choices. Don't worry, we got doggy bags. You'll be eating this shit for weeks. Come on down to giant food restaurant. Just a highway nine. Do you suffer with anxiety? Yeah. Are you concerned by what other people think about you? Mm-hmm. Do you find that sometimes someone will say or do something nice to you and you just don't quite know how to deal with it? Is this a is this a is this a trap? Are they are they trying to make it so I owe them something later? Is this some kind of thing where I'm supposed to do something about for that? Uh, uh, did I forget about some kind of important date? I just don't know what's up. It's okay. With Parashore, we can help you out. It's a service to reassure people. It's a service to reassure anxious people to let them know. That it's okay when someone is unexpectedly nice to them. Some people are just nice. It's it's not a trap. It's not a trap. Just accept the compliment. You deserve it. Uh, Okay, be sure. We reassure. We parasure. Question time. Let's have questions. What's the question? Uh, Rob Shoffoff would like to know, can you please pitch me some ideas for interesting NPCs for my D&D group? I've always liked, and this is this is a this is the one that was used as a character in a campaign that I've always just really liked the idea of, and would probably still make a fun NPC. Mm-hmm. Is an or uh, like an orc or a troll rogue that puts all their points into intimidation and just shouts their way into like God no see Borf <laughs> and scares them into going nope don't see you. It's That's- the sort of thing you hear about from. Like people that play tabletop Dungeons and Dragons as opposed to podcast Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll get one person who's weirdly min-maxing their character in a really odd way. Yeah. Um. And like I wouldn't mind trying some stuff like that. Yeah. Or some stuff like that. So uh, all the all ridiculous puns like the centaur for disease control. I think that's <laughs> about. Um, like a cleric yeah. who is a centaur. My, my, I, I think the best advice I would give, rather than pitching specific things, is. Take two things that wouldn't normally mesh and think about how can I make them mesh. Like, maybe have a dwarven dwarven barbarian or something and be like, how, how do I make these things that don't seem traditionally paired together work? What backstory could make those mesh? That's a good route to coming up with characters that aren't going to feel... They're, they're going to feel memorable. 
Uh, the one I like doing, or the, the one that I keep doing for polyarmory, and this is why I'm not going to give you any suggestions, because <laughs> I'm probably going to use them myself. Uh, polyarmory Season 2 coming soon. Um, is just, like, things that exist now, and trying to put them in a weird fantasy setting. Yeah. So just, like, any character like that. Mm. Or just, like... Um... Yeah, like, what's your medieval version of a computer hacker? Yeah. Like, Perfect. yeah. T- take a thing that exists in one time period and try and put it in a different one. Yeah, so like, I guess for a computer hacker it could be somebody who's very, like, a a, a gnome, like, inventor or yeah. someone who's very good with devices, so you've got all your detect traps and things like that. It's just like, I'm hacking into the bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. There like, you go, there's there's our tips for NPC yeah. creation. Uh, Lucy Nevins would like to know uh, what movie do you think could uh, what movie do you think a remake would improve? Hmm. Resident Evil Revelation 3D. <laughs> like completely remake it because the idea of remaking Silent Hill 3 or making Silent Hill 3 as a movie brilliant idea but the way they made that movie very very bad. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I think part of me, my my brain has gone to films that I enjoy that have shitty actors in them that I want remade just so that I can recommend them without um, qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So like, what was that one that had Kevin Spacey in it where you're not sure if he's an alien or not? K-Pax. Um, uh, yeah. G- give us a good rebate and make of K-Pax with no Kevin Spacey. Um, and the rest of the K-Pax books. G- give me a new uh, animated Hercules that that all it does is it uh, replaces the voice of... Uh, Hades. Yes, I forget what the guy's name is. Exactly. Uh, J- James Woods. James Oh. Yes. I thought we were just going to make him so irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologise. But yeah, that's, that's my suggestion is any film with like a shitty person in it, remake it so that you they don't get any of the money anymore. Mm-hmm. Now there's real council culture. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not like, you know, we've not deleted their films. Their films still exist. We just... <laughs> it's just no one's going to watch them because yeah, we've remade them. Better without you, you bastard. Yeah. Uh, tricky. Oh, this, this one is, in fact, going to be tricky. Name something you wouldn't put ketchup on. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> N- nothing Nothing dairy-based. Okay. Yeah, no, doesn't go well with dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Nothing, honestly, nothing on the, like, dessert spectrum. Like, you know, not, not like a, like, nothing cakey. Nothing, like... Nothing that's just sugar, like fruity sugary. Okay. You know, it's mainly the the that spectrum that I'd be like, mm, no. Because you're saying that, and I'm immediately remembering the time I put roast beef and ketchup in pancakes. Well, like that's fine, because like pancakes can be made somewhat savory. They're not yeah. like they're not a fruity over like a just sugary fruit no. flavour. But like no, just fat. Yeah, I'm like pancakes and roast beef and ketchup. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd go for that. Um, things I wouldn't put ketchup on. Lots of things. I'm not as as big a fan yeah. of ketchup. I mean, I like ketchup. I like ketchup on a fish finger sandwich. Oh yeah, and that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, I don't really uh, chips occasionally, but I would there like I'd much rather have garlic mayo. Honestly, most savory things I'll have ketchup sriracha. on. I'll have ketchup on most savory stuff. You'll have ketchup on toast. Yeah. And I'm unashamed of that. Nor should you be ashamed. To- toast Enjoy with two bits of like. toast with some ketchup between. Done. Enjoy what you like. I haven't really. It's, it's not for me, and that's fine. But I'm more than willing to make you a ketchup sandwich. Mm-hmm. And have done. <laughs> 
Um, Becky Jewell. Hi, Becky. Hi. We'd like to know, if you had to change your name to one of the objects in your immediate surroundings, what would you go with? Sylveon. There's a plush Sylveon over there. I, I, I could go with having my name be Sylveon. Or, Surely or, that's or, a Sylveonic cue. Well, if you want to say that's like <laughs> maybe a Mimikyu, you could go um, Mimi. It's mm. Sylvie. Like, I'm sure Sylveon Mimikyu, I could get a name out of that. I could be really edgy and go Reaper Gundam. <laughs> uh, we've got a. We've got a struggle. There's a very struggling aloe vera plant in the room. We I, I no, could, it's I could, dead, Jim. Okay. it's been dead well, for weeks. I could, I could be Vera. You could be Vera. There you go. Didn't need calling out quite that much. I'd rather you weren't named after something dead. <laughs> the, 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 I wouldn't have to be dead. I'd rather you weren't dead. Please, no dying. I'm just trying to find names in the room. <laughs> Chase a buoy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we got some names there. <laughs> I I could be the big dip. The what? The big dip. The big dip. You've ah. got that huge thing of barbecue sauce. Yeah, the big dip. <laughs> the big dip. Oh, I could really cut cut to my emotional depth and be the projector. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other questions <laughs> have we got? <laughs> Slavic Slenderverse Hipster has said, Having recently played Silent Hill 3, I noticed that Heather fights herself a lot in the game. After that, I noticed that I probably wouldn't have noticed that ten years ago. What stuff in games do you notice now that you wouldn't have noticed before? I mean, maybe not ten years ago, but, like, before that? Like, I think certainly anything from before I started transitioning. And, and maybe just a little bit before that, when I was still in my slightly aggy 20s. Like, I think anything really about diversity as a whole. Yeah, yeah, like, agreed. I wasn't super switched onto that kind of thing. And, like, I can go back and play a game now and go, it's really white. Or, hey, that was kind of shitty. Yeah. Or, you didn't need to use that choice of words. Yeah, honestly, like, that's that's the big one. I, I mean, I couldn't pinpoint something specific or a particular game that's done that but that is the sort of thing I'm constantly yeah. going back to old media and going wow this is bad yeah this is bad and shitty yeah also like I'm much better now than I was a decade ago at seeing is this am I enjoying this because it's fun or am I enjoying it because it's repetitive and it's scratching a repetitive itch in my head or even just like I'm less entranced by spectacle now. Yeah. Like, because when the first Transformers movie came out, I was like, this is really cool, it's all the Transformers spectacle spectacle, and I've gone back and watched it recently and went, it's not all that, is it? <laughs> oh, no. No, I mean, it's... It's, I mean, like, it's mindless nonsense. There is so much in Transformers canon to yeah. make make the whole thing interesting, and, and they went with that. Yeah. Oops. Oopsie-doodle. <laughs> Uh, have we got any other questions? Uh, Jed Whittaker. Oh, Jed, yeah. That, that Jed. That Jed. Um, what's the last CD you remember burning, if at all? Okay, last CD I burned was probably... Um, I remember ripping someone... A, well, actually, no, I, I lie. It would have been when I was in a band in my late teens. It would have been uh, a... a CD of recordings of our own tracks. Yay! Just to, just to burn thing of like here's here's just like a bunch of live recordings like three of which are original songs and most of which are poorly done covers burnt onto a disc with a little like home laser printer uh cover stuck into a cd case Aww. yeah 
Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's that, way better than mine. Honestly, yeah. Um, mine is going to be one of three things, and I'm, I'm just going to list them all because I couldn't tell you which it was because yeah. it's been so fucking long since I've burnt anything like that. It's either like a backup copy of my, my documents folder. Yeah. Um... And possibly my pictures and anything else, because it was a time when yeah. file sizes were smaller. Yeah. Um. Or it's back when I used to work in a shop. We mm. finally got like a um, MP3 player. Yeah. We used to have like these eight-hour-long play CD things. Mm. I never quite understood how they worked, but I guess a sort of sort of like an MP3 thing. Fucking magic. No, no real controls on it. No display on it. You just could fast forward. Or not fast forward. Yeah. You couldn't really go back to tracks, I don't think. It was it was painful, because you'd put it in in the morning and it would play every song in the same order every single fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear this. And you, we had to keep them on for months and months. Eventually, somebody was like, I'm getting the lead so you can put your MP3 player on. <gasps> and they had an MP3 player that would, like... Uh, I think it had, like... Days and days worth of capacity. Yeah. So the music went from, like, top 40 hits to... There's an awful lot of MCR on it. Ha! <laughs> Yay! Um, but then, like, we ended up just having a CD player in there. So yeah. That, because I think they wanted us to play Christmas, like a Christmas album, all Christmas. Right. Um, so I just swapped that for it because that CD player also played MP3 CDs. So I think there is, and I think I've still got it downstairs, there is a, a CD marked Rampage of Metallic Squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's something else on there about how I hated one of my co-workers. Oh, fun! <laughs> they were horrible. They were really horrible. <laughs> um, but they 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 weren't allowed to touch the CD player, and I was. So yeah. It was okay. Yeah, and um, just it's lots of MCR and like like early nineties pop punk and oh. and ska and, yeah. and rock music, and I think there's like some Iron Maiden on there, and yeah, um, sort of. It was like. As as poppy as anything I owned. Yeah. But also, like, there was quite a lot of rock and metal and some dance music on there. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, well then, let me see. Oh, we got one more. Uh, if you could boop the snoot of any giant monster, what would it be and why? Oh, and who's that from? That's from Lucy. I would boop the Kraken. Of course you would. <laughs> or Cthulhu. Uh... <laughs> You, Snoot Boops. Uh, Loch, Ness Loch Ness Monster. Give them a Snoot Boop. Snoot Boop. Yeah, they got that long neck. They can bring them uh, their, their face over to the shore <laughs> rather than me having to wade into the water. Mm. Boop. Boop, Snoot. <laughs> well then, I think that's all the that questions That is all done. the questions. Time for this. For this. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Crucial Justice Warriors. Crucial Justice Warriors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello, Larry. Hey, Perry. How are you doing? Um, yeah, no, I think we might have to keep this one short, because I can feel that my voice is going. Oh, so's mine, so's mine. We'll keep this one on a short one. How's, yeah. how's your week been? What have you been thinking about this week? All manner of things, mate. All manner of things. But very specifically, you know, that all the climate strikes been going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really nice to see the young people, you know, just really, really making a difference, you know. Mobilising, getting passionate about it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it helps that they are the people that aren't, paralysed by capitalism of the point of like 
If you don't go into work today, if you go with the climate strike, you might not have a job tomorrow. And then you might not have a house, and you might not have any food. So it's good that, no, the people that aren't paralysed by that are able to do it. Yeah. However, the pressure shouldn't be on them, though, should no, it? No, not, not at all. Like, you know, we should be... Adults should be able to go out and do the thing and go, hey, we're protesting for climate change. We all live on this planet. Why have we put the responsibility in the hands of the children? Well, even so, there's it's people who've got the, the time and ability to focus on that topic who are not doing so. Like, you know, there was that climate uh, summit where uh, you, you had... You had uh, Various kids there, you know, protesting, going, hey, you're fucking the planet up and you yeah. you need to take action. And there's world leaders sort of twiddling their thumbs going, oh, that's a very nice speech, but um, corporate interests, blah, blah, blah. Money, 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 money. Yeah. And, you know, like, there's, there's some fantastic things I've seen happening recently. Like, there's a group of, I believe, uh, six or seven kids who have started a class action lawsuit to basically go... Nope, these corporations and governments are literally killing the planet. No, stop it. No, it's, it's you know. amazing work that they're doing, and I'm so far, you know, right. I was going to say so far behind them. I am right behind them, directly yeah. behind them on this. Yeah. On this, you are right behind them so much. Yeah, um, absolutely. But like, it is terrifying that we live in a world where the weight of that responsibility has fallen on children. Exactly. Like the fact that it is children leading the march. I'm glad that we have children who are engaged switched and political enough, yeah. and switched on and. Yeah. Who, who care about engaging with the political process. And, you know, honestly, that's probably a good thing for uh, for democracy in general because yeah. young people tend to lean more left-wing politically and we can fucking use a bit of that right now in politics. Definitely. So I'm hoping that this is something sustainable and that it, it leads to something, but come on, adults, pull your fucking fingers out and start doing some of the work because these kids shouldn't be having to be the ones to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, should we... Are you up for argument? Yeah, I could, I could do with it. Same, same, right. Ah, oh. oh, good on, man. Good on, yeah. oh. oh. Shall I uh, put the kettle on? Yeah, have that cup of tea. Nice. Laura, me? Yeah, you. What about, what, about, what about me? Where can we find your in wonderful creations upon the internet? You can find me at Laura K Buzz in most of the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, you can find me. Uh, you can find my book, Uncomfortable Labels. It's out now. You can get the audiobook at laurakbuzzstore.com. Uh, there is Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. There is uh, Podquisition, which is five years old now and is uh, rotating a host. Um, so that's a whole thing. We're doing our final episode. Uh, we'll be up by now with the original cast. Um, I've got a book called Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is up for, for backing on um, on Unbound, and that'll be out very, very soon. We have finished the words, finished the art. It's happening. Hi, um, I think that is the bulk of it. Uh, Pixel Squirt. It's a show where me and the Geek Remix uh, YouTube ladies review pornography for video games together. So check out all of those things. And also, a few days after this, you'll be able to check out my coverage of uh, 
doing a game jam as a developer, not as a as a journalist. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Three days of trying to make a game and then you make a big it. documentary out of it. Uh, what about you? Me, I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I'm Stoned Monkey Radio most of the other places. So SoundCloud, uh, stonedmonkeyradio.blog, where I write things. My uh, Patreon is uh, Stoned Monkey Radio. And I would like to thank all my Patreons. That's Cassiopeia Swift. Thank you, A huge thank you to Jaden. Uh, thank you to X4, Anna Smudge, Persephone Tort. Uh, Tortilla, Marty Clemens, Ramesses Liam, uh, spooky, uh, spooky, scary Sean Gurney, uh, Larry Yellingman, uh, J Logan, Conduit of Queerness, Mage of Life, Tales of Inquiry, awesome name, uh, Robin Anton, Jürgen Indie Monster, Wayne McFurder, Conduit of Name Butchering, thank you to Kelladry, uh, was too busy stroking her cat Mitzi to think of a credit's name because, you know, cat stroking is vitally important. Thank you to Robert Robin Harding, and Basin is back. They're all lovely people who do Heck. your support, and I very much appreciate them. If you want to do that, you can do it, as I said, at Stone Monkey Radio, or if you just want to send me some one-off cash, there is pay, uh, paypal.me slash Magnet. And, yeah, so thank you, everyone, who does the supports of me. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Laura? Nay! Will you sing us out, my love? Until next time, be a stranger. Be a stranger.